Hello, welcome to South London Hardcore. This is Jack McEnroy. With me is Stephen Walsh. Hello. And Stephen Graham. Hello. Hello. Hello there. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so today's show is the second volume of our South London Hardcore playlist. First one was episode three. Give it a spin. We're joined today by uh, Dr. Stephen Graham. Almost. Almost? I thought you forget who a doctor. Tweaks. Have to do some tweaks. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him when I came here in false pretenses. No, I am. I am a doctor. Doctor of music, yeah? Yeah. Um, like Dr. Fox, then. Like Dr. Dre as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Dr. Phil Good. Me and Dre, we've got the same credentials. Exact same credentials. We've got the same headphones. <laughs> and uh, Stephen is a... Uh, Lecturer at Goldsmith University, mm-hmm. so uh, and music critic oh. might be slightly more relevant. That's why I say just listed the uh, <laughs> qualifications. Just goes on and on. Not a bad keyboard player either, I imagine. Better guitar. Oh, maybe have you got a guitar, man, Steve? Get Stephen to do yeah, a guitar. solo. Uh, <laughs> maybe at the end. <laughs> I haven't, but I'm, I could probably download an app. Are you guys still going to guitar? <laughs> I'll, I'll, no, I'll download one of those little piano apps, and you can mm. play on iPhone. Mm. And, okay. Uh, I've got, uh, I've got one on my phone. On my old phone, I had a harmonica app, so you just like, oh, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have the drum machine app. You get your harmonica app. You get your. Uh, <laughs> We've got a band. Let's just reenact <laughs> each one of these things. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind the buzzcock style. Yeah. <laughs> There we go. Track one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way to open it, isn't it? Because of the, the shape of the song itself. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll start with uh, our opening track, Steve. One of uh, your picks. Um, yeah, Pass Out by a Tiny Temper. Oh, what a banger. What a club banger. <laughs> yeah, I love it, man. Great stuff. One of my... Um, I'm not really keen on splitting uh, UK hip hop up into subgenres, personally. Yeah. Like it's, it annoys me that UK rappers are not called rappers and the music is not called hip hop. Mm. Yeah. Like it's all kind of focused on the beat rather yeah. than whereas hip hop, but the beat should be able to be anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's because it emerged at a different. It emerged from the hardcore sort of dance continuum. What's called the hardcore continuum, whereas hip hop emerged more from sort of funk and soul and all that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, I, get, I, I think that's the case. But um, like the the people who are rapping, like the people whose name is on the record, yeah, yeah, their yeah. influences are you know, um, whoever, Tupac, mm. Jay Z, or whatever. It's not um, some dance person, is it? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, what yeah. they're doing is the same as what they're doing in America, but it's just the name is. Uh... Yeah, it's an interesting point. I guess. But I think vocally as well. Um, if you listen to. So I imagine you're talking about Grimes. He's that's the sort of the, yeah, Grime is uh, the, the, the most the, the largest of the sort of UK hip hop subcultures, and and there the the vocal style. I mean, that's the thing about UK hip hop. There is a different set of influences. You say like in in America, it did come out of soul and punk and mm. a lot of it. Particularly early stuff was all about very smooth mm. uh, wordplay, wasn't it? It was all about very sort of smooth. Yeah. With a hip hop and yeah, that was it. It was very sort of suave. Yeah. A lot of the presentation. Whereas with the UK stuff uh, coming out of sort of reggae and dub, um, a lot of it is very staccato. It's very yeah. It's sort of and then the beats sort of come into that as well, don't they? Dizzy Rascal banging out on his PlayStation. Yeah, this 2000 is it. Slew. And, and well, that's the other thing as well. Looking at uh, the production, although as you say, the production shouldn't you know account for what it is. As you say, UK hip hop, uh, US hip hop came out of 
you know, breaking beats from uh, funk and soul records. Whereas the Kraftwerk. If you listen to Grime Planet Rocks. Yeah, and you know, uh, Dizzy Russell's the, the great example with, you know, uh, doing his beats on a, a PlayStation. Mm. But there's so many times you listen to Grime Tracks and it just sounds like a level of Sonic the Hedgehog. In a great way. In the best I way. I guess that's why they call it Grime. Well, yeah, that was the... But also it's different. It's, it, they both emerge in some different time periods as well. Yeah, so yeah there's a big gap in it. Yeah. yeah. But this is not a dirty uh, beat, is it? I mean, this is a this high, is, high um, polished production, you might yeah, say. Yeah, but it's straight from Jungle. It's straight yeah, from drum and yeah, bass. Yeah. That's the interesting thing about well, this track. It's hard to place. The sort of post-vocal yeah. uh, break as well, where it just sort of yeah, it just yeah, goes yeah. pure drum and bass, doesn't it? It there's does, lot, yeah. yeah. Lot, and there's lots of phases. Yeah. yeah. It sort of breaks down, and then it just kicks back in. And at that point, it sounds like a completely different song. It's still a great song. Of the, to be fair, though, the first time I heard the track, I hated it. I hated mm. that extended bit at the end. Really didn't like yeah, it Yeah, I remember you saying, and yeah. I, was, I didn't agree at all. Yeah. Um, I remember they used that bit on an advert for a computer game, just that bit. Assassin's it, Creed. It was, wasn't it? It was yeah. like people on um, horses and stuff. Yeah. I thought it was incredible. No, it wasn't, it wasn't a bit at the end they used, because that, that was where I first heard the song, and I thought it was incredible. Oh, mm. did it not? Oh, wasn't no, it? No, it's, it's, it's a bit from the middle, it's, and it is a, a sort of like a, a bit of a smoother bit in the middle. And I was like, they just, and I just thought it's, it's, a, a, it's just a song from Advert. I didn't think it never occurred to me that it's a song from anywhere else. Um, and then I heard it as a song, and I was like, I write the whole thing about listening. I was like, this is great. And then, and that's what's great. On the advert, all you got was the instrumental stuff. But then listening to the track, the lyrics, man. the lyrics are superb. Yeah, yeah. It's that it's that really distinctive British thing that Definitely. Amy Winehouse sort of did as well. Not quite directly in her lyrics, although sometimes do. But it's that whole line. I think you cited it before. The, the so much clothes keep up my aunt's house. Yeah, you yeah. don't get that sort of local level no. thing in the US. I drive past like. the bus I used to run. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's it's this great thing where. Uh, you know, uh, when I suggested this song, Jack was like, "Isn't there a Tiny Temper track that is more uh, to do with South London?" And I do think culturally that there is such a South London sort of thing. Like, yeah. or, you know, it's a universal thing as well. That car going past me, people can know that here. I love the bit where he goes, <laughs> "I drive past the rush yeah, yeah. I used to run for," and the, the car comes in, yeah, yeah. and then becomes part of the beat. Yeah, 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 incredible. Yeah, yeah. And that would have been like fifty-three or something. So it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he was. Uh, but where was he from? He's down the same road as me basically on the corner yeah, yeah. Ever, the Ellsbury Estate until he was 12 and then up to uh, Plumstead which is like kind of deep southeast. right yeah, yeah. but he went to uh, SFX in Clapham which you know yeah, which my sister a, went to yeah, oh, yeah. there was a, to go there with, is a sort it? of uh, if they would to, to second um, their own sixth form in their yeah, school they went, went to SFX, SFX it seems so. everybody you knew it's very strange well, it's crazy. must have been huge and that's part of what uh, you know I like about doing these playlists where you sort of, you know, I heard that song as a sound, then I heard it as a song, mm. and I was like, this is great, and then you're like, all right, this guy, you know, would have would have got on the same bus, and yeah, would yeah. have sort of lived the same life, and then you listen to it, and you're like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm pissed I never got to fly on a Concorde, we all are, aren't we? <laughs> I've been to Southampton, I've never been to Concorde. You know, oh, that's a great line as well, yeah. <laughs> I've got a lot of clothes, but they're at my nan's and my mum's. <laughs> None of them at my aunt's house. They got Rottweilers. <laughs> yeah, um, it's something interesting what you said about the the beat being so sort of clean because uh, the producer Labyrinth uh, and I again didn't realise I saw a ring there. They signed to Simon Cowell's record mm. label. Is he? Well, he was on yeah. the X Factor during the latest season. Oh, was he? Oh, yeah, right. one of the solo oh, songs. As a guest. Yeah, 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 no, he was singing with them because he's Sunday. on Frisky, isn't he? Frisky. Who's he? No, 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 no. That's him. He's featured on it. Oh, okay. And he had a big. What was the big hit he had? Well, he, he earthquake. Ju- isn't earthquake. It? Yeah, yeah. 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 And I just and had another one. The, the other vocalist on this track as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, it's great. I love, I love from start to finish. I think it's such a great track. Yeah. Have you heard 
the Snoop Lion remix. No. Yeah. That's the thing. I, I got excited. Yeah. You're like, all right, you're going to make a, a great song. It's, it's all right. But the thing is, because it replaces one of uh, yeah. Tiny Temper's verses, I was like, okay. Uh, you know, and it's got, you know, so you're losing the whole thing about uh, driving past bus, used to run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I think it costs too much to fit it in. If it was an additional uh, verse fitting in somewhere, I'd be like, okay, this is great. It's the song of love, and you've got Snoop uh, yeah. in the middle Did of it. Did you see them doing it at Glastonbury? No, I read it. I haven't seen it. Did it on Glastonbury. Snoop, Snoop, Snoop was playing at set, um, and it was really, one of those sort of Friday afternoons, really sunny. It looked amazing. And uh, it had just been, number one, it was 2009, so it had just been out a few months, past out, I mean. And uh, he said, oh, yeah, yeah, Tony Temper, Tony Temper ran out, <laughs> did the sort of the whole song. Snoop just sort of stood in the background. So yeah. you got the whole feel like without Snoop intervening but it was really good it was really worth watching which uh, UK sports team uh, jersey was Snoop wearing he said he was oh, wearing it, he uh, yeah, Arsenal yeah. Like, he, he, there's no way you know he'll come out I'll bring the stars out <laughs> our second track is Scandal in a Brixton Market by Laurel Aiken and Gurley Laurel Aiken who was a Cuban Jamaican guy and came to England in 1960 lived in Brixton for 10 years well he went back and forth I think to Brixton and Leicester but I think he went back to Jamaica in 63 I didn't do my search properly but my impression was he (laughs) he went back and forth anyway it's a minor point (laughs) (laughs) you could do um, a whole playlist of Brixton reggae couldn't you I was saying yeah I mean you could do as I said you could do a whole playlist of uh, reggae covers of Guns of Brixton (laughs) but we won't you might be able to get a whole playlist out of Laurel Aiken tracks. Mm. I've never heard of the guy until this. And then I just checked him out and you're like, just prolific, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I'd never heard of this track, but I knew his name from just early ska stuff and yeah. Island Records and all that. Didn't know him especially well. I went and listened to this. Really interesting. Yeah. Uh, I was, really where did you... Show. This is one of yours, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, there's a website called the the, the London Nobody Sings. Yes, amazing. It's like kind of a take on the London no one sees. Is that what it's called? The um, what's his name documentary? The Irish actor James Mason. Oh, James Mason. London nobody knows. Nobody, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen. No. Incredible. Just absolutely brilliant. Yeah, but entirely off topic. So (laughs) yeah, uh, yeah. That uh, London nobody sings. Yeah, and I did kind of. I was just scrolling through to be honest. Uh, I didn't get everything from there. Yeah, go and have a look at their website. It's a blog where uh, you can sort of check it by area, and Mm. the guys just uh, collected songs about a particular part Mm. of London, and uh, yeah, just done little sort of like a blurb on each, and it is yeah remarkable. Yeah, Arthur was a really great track, man. It's really good. Yeah. Interesting, because I knew him more, like I was saying, as Ska. And then this was, I mean, I guess there's not that much difference between Ska and, and Reggae and Rocksteady. But I guess this is, what, 69, 70? 69, yeah. Yeah, so it's moving more into Reggae. So it's a bit sort of, uh, it's a bit more intricate. But Sonic is really interesting as well, because the recording's obviously done in really cheap, dodgy little studios, <laughs> I imagine, yeah. from the sound of it. But it still is really, really vivid. Yeah, I mean, in fact, you listen to it on YouTube, it sort of means you don't know where... You know the kind of what the original quality sound quality was like, but it, it also is. gets rounded off, doesn't it? It just yeah, becomes yeah, a digital yeah. thing. So, but yeah, I mean, it does. You do get the feeling of people having an argument in the market. Yeah, like, yeah. it's yeah. amazing. Mind your pitney. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've 
I was struggling to work out exactly what was being said. Right? I, yeah, I, was hoping, I was hoping that you've got. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was hoping Lakeisha was going to explain it to me. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've sat there with like, and I've been pressing pause on Sean Paul lyrics, and she goes, "Oh, what he's saying is." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I stick to my girls like glue. <laughs> it reminded me of that moment in uh, you know Mercy, Kanye West's good music. You know the sample that he took from uh, the Jamaican uh, DJ chap. Um, oh, yeah. And is it? Uh, we've been. I can't even. I've, I've read the <laughs> oh, lyrics so many times, and I still can't get into my head. But if, <laughs> we've been on a mo- oh yeah, weeping and a moaning and a gnashing of teeth. But if you actually just to oh, listen I'd to never, it, yeah, you'd never like figure out what the words were. It's incredible. We need a uh, scar genius, isn't it? We need to be able yeah. To- <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there was. Um, I mean, it's, I keep saying a white man picnic. That do you, you pick that up? a white man picnic? It's about a baby with a nappy head. But it reminded me of. I can't remember the exact <laughs> the exact moment. Yeah. Um, but I think it's from the Brixton episode where uh, the Keisha was saying about someone was it like a like a preach on a street guy and a white man picking it up to uh, to people with mixed race babies. Oh, yeah. oh right. And I mean, I like to think maybe when the Keisha's out with Xavier, people are going, uh, "A white man picking it up." So, so what is it? A white man what? Picking a picnic means child. No. Okay. Yeah, that's like one of the big patois terms that's crossed over in it, Steve. I, w- I don't think it's crossed over. Well, Maybe it hasn't crossed over. It's not crossed over to Dublin anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, a white man picnic. That white man picnic. Yeah, like, oh, I'm not going to do a white man's yeah, baby there. But yeah, there's a lot of that in it. There's murder police is calling. So I don't really know what it is. I'd really like to. Uh, I'm going to get Lakeisha or my mum to. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the strength why. of it is, none of us know what's being said. We all know what it's about. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's so good about it. Yeah, yeah. It just connects you directly, and you get the spirit of it completely. Yeah, you really get a sense of place and everything. Yeah, definitely. You can listen to all these songs on our website, southlandthehardcore.com. Uh, we'll have stick it up as a playlist. You play one after the other. If you want to buy it from Amazon, like you think I must own one of these tracks, make sure you click the link that we put up, then we'll get 5% like pence for what counts, then it's the... All those pence, isn't it? Track three, uh, London Dungeon by Misfits. Good stuff. I know Misfits primarily because of Danzig. Yeah. So when I was younger, my brother was uh, what you used to call a rocker. Strangely enough, because it was heavy metal, but that's what you called him then. Yeah. And uh, he loved you know, Danzig. Specifically in Ireland, yeah? No, no, no I don't know. No, no, no. no. You just, just called a rocker. Like, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. It's sort of like the mods and rockers thing. You know, the oh, rockers okay, were yeah, like bikers. Like Anyone who liked heavy guitar music. No, this was, uh, I guess, early 90s. Oh, okay. Right, right. So, he, so Danzig, anyway, one of the few things that, because I, I was quite young, like, and we shared a bedroom, so he'd always have the music on. And Danzig was one of the few things that I could sort of get into because it's a slightly more accessible end of metal. Yeah. Um, so I always knew Danzig from that and I was slightly aware of the Misfits. Haven't really gone into them that much, but this track was interesting. Yeah. I know him best uh, just for the logo. Yeah, the logo. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you work in a music shop where yeah. they sell yeah, t-shirts, yeah. you know, you're yeah. selling that one. I like My Chemical Romance, right? Mm-hmm. I can say that in front of you, Stephen, because one of the, the uh, I mean... It's like Annie Wands in front of Yeah, you, you, Stephen's written for The Guardian and many other publications. But uh, you wrote about um, uh, pop music lyrics, didn't you? Not being trash. Yeah. Well, I, my, my point was you just can't isolate them from the music because they become a different thing when you join them at music. They become a different entity. They yeah. become sonified, so their sound, so the meaning of them completely shifts. So when people try and isolate them, either way, like for positive or negative, when I mean, people try and books of Bob Dylan poetry and so on it doesn't really make sense no it's in, because it's, it's a completely different thing it changes uh, it transforms into a different sort of entity sonic lexical entity I called it wow it's a great piece it's so we'll put a link up yeah that's probably going on <laughs> but that is that doctor isn't... doctor <laughs> <laughs> 
Is there a doctor in there? <laughs> Not that kind of doctor. Um, but this doesn't lead at all to the point I was going to make. But what I was going to say, you know, if people have read your blog, which is... Well, it's called Robots Dancing Alone, but I don't really write on it that much, so... But yeah, go to it. But if they're familiar with it... Well, there'll be an archive as well, right? Yeah, there's plenty of stuff yeah, that yeah. I've done in the past. And it's from a Girls Loud song uh, called Untouchable, so check that out as well if anyone's interested. But that says it all, doesn't it? There's, there's no... Um, you know there's sort of bands that are punchline bands? Yeah. I was going to have a Dire Straits song yeah. today, but we ended up, I ended up not including it, Sultans of Swing. Great song. Brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But they're like kind of a bit of a punchline band, like oh, yeah, yeah, Muse yeah, yeah. or Coldplay or yeah. Status Quo. And like most of these things don't really deserve to be... Um, Punchlines, even even these bands where most of their stuff is rubbish, say like Razorlight. I, I mm. dislike almost everything, but there's one song that I think is really great. But um, what, what? I don't know why I've led into this because I'm gonna have to cut this all out. <laughs> <laughs> where am I going? Oh yeah, yeah, My Chemical Romance. Yeah, yeah. I really like some of My Chemical Romance stuff, and the Misfits were a big influence on them. Yeah, it seems it's the whole power core thing, isn't it? Yeah, I'd never heard of this track before. No, and, Dungeon. Yeah, just from the title, I thought. Have they written a song about? And I was like, <laughs> Taurus I was like, it's in South London, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, we can legitimately put up a song about a, a trip to London dungeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not about that, is it? No. Or it's just going to be him singing about waxworks and uh, you know the Great Fire of London. It's a much bleaker dungeon, isn't it? Brixton Prison. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean, the, the story starts in North London in Finsbury Park. The Glenn Danzig and one of the other guys yeah. went to, in uh, 1979 went to see the jam at the Rainbow and got in a fight with some skinheads some broken bottles were involved and ended up spending the night in Brixton Prison. I think you, the fight was in the queue as well so they didn't even get yeah. in to see the jam. Mm. That's harsh, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see the jam in 1979 or 80, 81, 82. Mm. Any time's fine. <laughs> Not sure how I feel about the jam but yeah. Oh, I love the jam, man. Revivalists. Do you like um, Style Council? Yeah, they're interesting. Um, I've, I've, I've always been slightly put off Paul Weller, this is probably off topic completely, but because of my age, well, you're obviously the same age, you know, we grew up in the 90s roughly, and Paul Weller was in a slightly different uh, mode at that point. You know, yeah. he was. He was uh, I know Wildwood is a fairly decent album, but it's the whole Oasis thing. And at the time, yeah. I loved them because yeah, because yeah. everyone did. But I got saddled with that. Sort of. a ch- he was a changing man. <laughs> I'm was? a changing man. I, I, I went off uh, Paul Weller, wasn't he? His fault because of Ocean Colours. Yeah, yeah, you know when his band. Well, he went shared. Off, he, he shared the band with. Yeah, that was the thing. Yeah, and like once I realised that. It was hard for me to listen to Paul Weller stuff because I was like, someone from Ocean Galaxy involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, but I liked Ocean Galaxy at the time. See, I, yeah, I hated I them. Yeah. I, I might have told this story on the show before, but um, I went to Nebworth. To yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. No, go on. Oh, <laughs> he turned the he ate social country so much he turned his back on the thing. He put his fingers in his ears like this. Like, I'm not listening <laughs> to this. See? <laughs> that's basically, I know that's ba- ba- Basically, completely wrong. I just sat, I was sat on the floor slumped over and never thought I had heat stroke. Because I was like so... Uh, immobile and, and, like, right, right. Right. and I was like I just hate Ocean Colour scenes so, yeah. so yeah my hatred of Ocean Colour scene made people think there was a medical emergency involved <laughs> you can stand there with his back to him with his, it, it, it I think that is a medical emergency if you can't appreciate <laughs> the day we call the train yeah. that's it oh my god that, that will yeah. move me to my dying day yeah off that me too but it's the, they're just small faces in different clothes basically aren't they the jam no, I was going to say. Oh, I should call it. Small faces, one. Small faces are great. But it's the thing. It's. 
I mean, that's the interesting thing about, well, not to get too completely off topic, but it's the interesting thing about art. It's not really one thing in itself that you go and listen to and, oh yeah, this is good or this is bad. It's like, the people who were aware of Small Face and so on would have listened to Archie Garcia and gone, hmm. The yeah. people who weren't go, oh, yeah. this is great. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's the same thing with Adele or Amy Winehouse or, anyway, you can cut that out. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so they recorded this uh, hardcore track, Steve. Yeah. A South London hardcore track. <laughs> <laughs> Track four, uh, I think I'm going to go on a limb, Steve, and say this is uh, my highlight of the ten tracks. The Which Kinks, one? Lavender Hill. I think it's such a beautiful it's track. Yeah, I love it's it. I, I'd never heard of it before we started doing the show. Okay. Um, I think I was doing some research on Lavender Hill or something. Yeah. And it just, you know, it just came up. And, I mean, it was unreleased. In 1967, yeah, they recorded yeah. it. And they're like, no, don't put that out. <laughs> uh, they were in a very fertile period of time. Yeah, and then six years later, it ended up on um, an outtakes record. Yeah. And it is such a wonderful track. It's fantastic. It's like among their best stuff. It's at the highest tier of their stuff. That's a gorgeous song. I mean, if yeah. you said, they've, oh, they've only done a playlist again, Seth and Alcorn. What King's track do you reckon they've put on? Most people would have gone with uh, Waterloo Sunset, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. We had that no. the first one, didn't we? Well, the interesting thing as well is this would, if, if they are on the first volume, I think they are, they'll be the first band to repeat, and they're not even a South London band. No. Where are they from? Muswell Hill. Yeah, Muswell. North London. Yeah. Rascals, isn't it? Coming down South London and writing songs about our sunsets yeah. and our mm. hills. But it's a, it, that's actually plays in nicely to this track, because all these sort of tracks, they're. Chasing this phantom, like it is of, of, of that moment with Strawberry Fields Forever and Penny Lane. Yeah, yeah I wrote Strawberry Fields Forever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they're amazing. They're really... on the same page as the Music Doctor. Steve. <laughs> there you go. But no, they're 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 about these fantasies of places that never really even existed. It so it's appropriate enough. Yeah. idyllic idea. It's the Albion thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, well this is very it's very extreme, doesn't it? And I think Lavender the Hill, I presume, is chosen for you know the the name. The name, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rather than uh, yeah. the road. <laughs> I could live on sugar and milk. You know, like you, Steve. <laughs> it's very, very good track, though. Really beautiful. Mm. That's one people should buy, in it? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's great. It's the, but the idea that they could just go, no, we won't put that on. It's like um, Dylan, the Boatleg series that came out in the 80s. And, like, lay down your weary tune, for mm. example. Like, how do, and um, what's the other one? I'll keep it with mine. That uh, Nico covered. Do you know that? Yeah, Dylan no, version? I don't know. Yeah, like the it would. They're like two of probably my top 10, 15 Dylan tracks, and they're just like, no, don't put that out. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? But artists aren't the best uh, judge of the material. It's true, yeah. And I guess once, if it, you know, if you're going for economy, sometimes on a record, you know, go with these are ten tracks. Yeah, yeah. And you don't put it on. Yeah. That's it, isn't it? It's gone now. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, these things have a life now, so people can go. Now it would be different. Yeah. Now, if you, uh, you click on iTunes and organised by play count, Lavender Hills at the top. Mm. Whereas, uh, you know, for six years, nobody had ever heard it. It's amazing. Huh? Well, it's like the well, Smile Beach Boys best album in my opinion in pop music history and it was never really released properly. yeah do you want to introduce one Steve Brass yeah. okay oh okay come did you want it well I do because this is probably my favourite of the town I think this is a incredibly interesting piece because you look at the history of boy bands Brass obviously came along a moment where it hadn't settled into um, the familiar territory that we all know uh, the very safe and the very sort of marketable very formulaic 
um, five different lads, each of a different type. This is the kind of music they're going to make. Whereas this track, it's it's full attention. It's full of this this yeah. idea that um, these sort of quite threatening twins, Aryan Aryan twins, <laughs> are making this thing quite it's super Aryan, aren't they? Yeah, yeah super Aryan. Yeah, and even the voice, it's not a very a terribly convincing <laughs> pop voice. <laughs> Especially with all the, <laughs> it's sort of annoying to listen to, but it works for this track because uh, it is so sort of desperate and, and uh, self-obsessed. The voice mm-hmm. and it plays out in the track, and the track itself is very interesting. I thought because um, musically it's it's you know it's quite vivid and, and well done. But then the shift towards the end, you know, there's the whole key shift up half yeah. a semitone or a semitone rather. You know, you get that X Factor tracks where it goes, but this it's accomplished through this bizarre false what you'd call if it was classic music false recapitulation where you think the chorus is coming back so it has the middle eight where it changes something you think it's going to come back when but it doesn't yeah. it goes into this really strange ambient moment mm. and it goes into waltz time so it goes into one will I will yeah. I be boom and it kicks down it's, it's gone up a semitone it's incredible yeah I thought I I was listening to the wrong version or something <laughs> yeah no because obviously you don't, it's not something you would ever listen to independently exactly yeah that's the thing um, yeah, so that was all part Great of track. Yeah. Great track. Oh, yeah, it's all it's all part of the text, as it were. Well, I, I wanted to choose it because of the stuff. I mean, I've got a, a personal, not personal, but personal recollections of, but also knew that you're a huge fan of what a lot of people dismiss as pop music. Mm. And I knew that you would appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, I love it. Yeah. And, but it is... Well, and this and this... Oh, I, yeah. I also think it's interesting because... As you say, it is at a time. It's the birth of of the modern boy band, isn't mm. it? And people aren't sure and, what they're going to be. And you can see with Ross, with hindsight, you know, you look at the original lineup. You go right. So it's two identical twins yeah. who are blonde and beautiful and sculptured and perfect, and this doughty looking uh, fella on bass who uh, hangs out a bit and clearly isn't as attractive as the other yeah. two and isn't really bringing much to the party. And you sort of and well, he's after, never coming on the show, is he now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And after, Sorry, Craig. After sort of like eighteen months, say, I guess it's mutual, and he sort of goes, and then suddenly you've got these two, and they're called yeah, Bros. I know. You know, yeah. it just seems odd to sort of go, "We've got these guys, and they look amazing." I, I mean, obviously, uh, I'm really keen on their physicality, aren't you? <laughs> they're beautiful. They're so striking, though. But they do you are think striking, do you, yeah. they're remarkably striking, and this guy just isn't? And there's nothing against him. He's clearly, he's not bad know. looking, though. In, no, no, in terms of boy band, you, you, you would do you think get... people think that about us in the podcast. This beautiful Aryan. Yeah. What is that guy doing behind him with a bass? They, 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 call Jack, they, call, they, call, they call Jack the Craig Logan of uh, Stuff I'm <laughs> uh, Interestingly, uh, in terms of music. Craig Logan has had uh, the greatest career of all. Yeah, he's done more. Yeah, but the oh, gossip are fairly, he, fairly he, well. He uh, discovered Pink and became a manager. Yeah. And uh, has been right. has been globally responsible for 150 million records. Wow. And that's all Pink, yeah? No, no, no Pink just, is he's, he's, uh, he's uh, managing Cher Lloyd at the moment. Yeah. He was running um, uh, RCA Music for a while in yeah. the UK. So he's probably the second most successful South uh South London in music after the guy who did the Wombles song, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like forty number ones, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did. They had uh, one of them had a bit of an acting career, didn't he? Well, yeah, he's in Blades two and Hellboy two, I think. The well, drummer Matt or Luke, I remember it's which one. Luke, who's Matt the, was the, the actor. actor oh, um, no, Luke. Luke. Yeah. They both acted, but Luke has been more successful. Yeah. I was talking to uh, Nat at work yesterday about this, uh, and he was saying um, he's got a theory. Um, Del Toro's latest project he's announced is going to be an adaptation of a DC comic story from the 80s um, that involves John Constantine, who obviously has already been in film, 
mm. played by Keanu Reeves. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, they're not going to have take again. But that was like, if you think about Del Toro, uh, which blonde uh, Englishman has he worked with the most? Mm. And he, I, think, I make him right. If they do a film and Del Toro's directing, Luke Goss will play John Constantine. And the interesting mm. thing is, Constantine was invented in 86, got his own series in 88. This is around the same time yeah, that Ross yeah. emerged. When will I be famous? Roughly 2014. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but if you'd said to like a comics fan in like 1990, yeah. uh, one day they'll make a Hellblazer film and it'll be Luke Goss that plays yeah, him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> one day there'll be a Amazing. new comics film every month at the cinema. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just can't tell how history's going to play out, can you? Another interesting thing with this track I wanted to address very briefly. It's more personal, but when I was young, like I was, what year was this? 89? 88? 88. So I was, yeah, I was six or seven. Oh, I was quite young. But anyway, I remember yeah. very well Gosh, that... Gosh, seven re-released 88. Oh, I think it was 88 okay. when it was... Yeah. Goes to number two in the charts. Yeah. Number one in Ireland. Number one in Ireland, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Proud so of my country folk. <laughs> uh, but uh, we always used to sing... Uh, I just, I'm just as out of interest when I use all of this as well, but... When will I, will I be famous... Never in a million years. Yeah. <laughs> Never in a million years. We were obsessed with this. At least I was in my head. At least for years, I just got around going. Never in a million years. I thought it was the cleverest subversion of <laughs> Doctor of Music. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's where it all got its start. My personal recollections of uh, Bros were the fact that their mum lived very close to where I lived in Cambridge. She lived in Peckham, mm. um, and I had friends who, because like 1990, I'd have been no, so nice name. 87 I'd have been 12 um, so I'd have mates who would go uh, go round Bross's house mm. because all the girls would go round Bross's house yeah camp outside yeah, yeah. and the idea was you go round Bross's house and you get so many girls and I was, I'd like he, he explains to me logically I'm like right why are the girls going to Bross's house to see Bross so yeah. when they're going there they're going to have a very specific idea of the kind mm. of man they want to meet if you're not Bross what's the point no because Bross no, but you get the, out, you man. get the yeah oh, come on <laughs> let's I'll comfort you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well also with hindsight uh, I think we can all agree we did better than Bross on one thing in that I've never attached Grolsch bottle tops to my shoes do you remember this? <laughs> no I don't remember this that. was a thing what shoe covered in bottle caps? They, they just you know the Grolsch have that yeah. like, bottle cap that comes off but they still attach the bottle oh, by yeah. melting Bross oh, yeah, yeah. started a thing where you, you take that metal thing off the bottle and attach it to your shoe and I remember this is around the same time as like patched jeans in South London there was a thing of, of girls in particular, but also some wrong-minded men that thought they were going to get mm. girls away, attaching bottle tops uh, to their shoes. You have no, no reflection. No. no. So you'd have been too young. The thing is, I, I was shocked at how early <laughs> this was, because this is, the Bross are the first boy band I remember. Yeah. yeah. When well, New Kids on the Block were around the same time. Yeah, but I remember seeing a poster of New Kids on the Block in the street on like the pavement. Mm. But that was it, do you know what I mean? With, with this track. Do you remember Hang Tough? Hang tough. I don't. No. I was yeah. the oldest kid in my family, so there were no older ah, siblings yeah, yeah. playing. It was just Elvis uh, Costello and yeah, yeah. Uh, Bob Dylan. My dad was playing. Yeah, See, yeah. my sister uh, was four years younger than me, but I spent most of my childhood having to listen to her music. I know all the words to Annie, all the words to Greece. What do you mean having to? That's a that's a <laughs> yeah. privilege. Greece is the word. I want to watch uh, Transformers the movie. I want to watch Orson Welles' <laughs> last performance. <laughs> Let me enjoy this. I'm best. <laughs> I was chatting to someone today whose nan lived next door to Bross on Commercial Way. Really? So that's how local we're talking. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, that was that's the... very local. Yeah. Ah, they're very interesting. And the lyrics of that track, when will be famous. Well, it's yeah. the that's a question well. we off, I've often asked myself. It, it is, is a daily, daily question. It is uh, almost the birth of 
uh, this celebrity phase. Well, it's very interesting to imagine that it only exists now, and clearly, yeah, there's a desperate sort of when am I going to be famous? And also, it's interesting the double perspective because the verses from the perspective of the aspiring pop star have done all these things, and then the sorry, the other way around. What is it? The verse is from the person who's going to sign them, and then the yeah. chorus is from them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's interesting. The chorus is a conversation, isn't it? I can't answer that. Yeah, yeah, I can't answer that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's all sort of like... You have to put the record out and it's... see if anyone buys it. <laughs> Remix. <laughs> very Never cynical. Never in a million years. <laughs> very cynical verse lyrics. You've read Karl Marx, you've got the look. Yeah. Um, great stuff. That's oh. their only good song though, I think. Because I went and listened to a few other ones and they were desperate. I didn't, behind by the title, I didn't recognise any of the others. Well, you know I owe you nothing. Yeah. I owe you nothing, nothing, nothing <laughs> at all. I don't know. It's got all these horrible little scoops up to the. Like, he does that? this, like, you know, he does that constantly, your man, Goss. Horrible. <laughs> but uh, they really struck on something when I'd be famous, I think. Yeah. They really did. When there's a real kind there's of. There's a uh, real desperation to it. Yeah, it's like the really levels are too high as well, I think. <laughs> yeah. But it's got that really uh, punchy drum sound mm. as well. It's really interesting, like, 80s pop. Sound, yeah, it's great. So that was track five, Bros, When Will I Be Famous? And track six, Saint Etienne, Only Love Can Break Your Heart. Croydon's own Saint Etienne, although none of the members are from Croydon. You do, they obviously just lived there at the time yeah. they broke through. And oh. Yeah, it's really odd. I was like, why are they seeing this as Croydon back? As far as I told, none of them They obviously just lived in Croydon when they broke through. I chose this song because I like it, but I think it's also interesting as a song and how the whole phenomenon Sinesian broke and the format of the band mm. um, initially it was uh, a project with uh, his name's Pete Wiggs and yeah. Bob Stanley yeah. um, where they would produce songs and get a variety of vocalists female vocalists to come in and sing different songs I guess the voices fit in more, some yeah. songs more than others and, but when we think of Sinesian now it's very much Sarah Crackman yeah. as the lead singer of Sinesian uh, and what I like about this song for years hearing it I just assumed it was Sarah Crackman that sung it uh, yeah. and it's not it, no. isn't it? no you're confused I didn't know that you're confused because you've probably seen a music video where Sarah her, Crackman yeah. is in the music video there's two music videos in the song which is why uh, when Jack went to look at it earlier I was uh, like this is going to be interesting and the one you pulled up it's the one without Sarah Cracknell in it. Um, yeah, because her, it sounds... I mean, she sounded just sort of younger, a little bit more sort of spectral or something, the voice. But I just thought, oh, yeah, they've treated the voice. Uh, Millie Vanilli did it. That's what they've done. <laughs> um, Moira Lambert is the right, uh, yeah. vocalist on the track. That's interesting. And as I say, the first album is essentially... Um, Composite. Those, those yeah. guys doing the, 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 the music. And, a, a of, and then they meet Sarah Cracknell and get on with her and, and form the band that we know. So when this and song love. was first made... <laughs> uh, when this song was first made they made a video which is uh, and it's interesting watching two videos as well because the first video they're all in t-shirts even the girl is wearing uh, one of those really long uh, is it late dress, 80s is it early 90s yeah. t-shirts yeah, 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 just yeah. with like flowers on that go down to her knee sort of thing like outside house yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they're just wearing t-shirts and um, it's a very cheap video where it's just them performing in front of a backdrop and then wandering around Going to like grocers, grocery shops and just sort of waving at the guy back the and he's sort of smiling again. It's going to be a music video, brilliant. Um, but then obviously Sarah Cracknell becomes the faces in this. Yeah. So they re release the song uh, and do another music video with, with her. With but, her. But they hadn't re recorded the vocals. I don't think so. That's outrageous. Yeah. 
Um, but it's and it's uh, and this video is well swish. It's it's quite an interesting video as well. The three members of Sinetian go into a cinema in Paris to watch a film about Sinetian. That's the one I saw, I think. Yeah, that's the obviously I imagine that's the one with a million views. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, they go in, and then the film they're watching is about them living this glamorous life. Yeah, it's also uh, interestingly, it's gone from. Uh, Maura Lambert wearing a very long t-shirt to Sarah Pratt in the shower in full makeup she's yeah. you know clearly shower, showering with her <laughs> um, and then she goes around and like she buys gold lame suits for the boys to wear and she's going around wearing uh, a gold dress so, so it, suddenly they go from being yeah, yeah. this very sort of standard uh, band to uh, this incredibly glamorous yeah. thing but um, I also like it because I'd never heard. The, I didn't know it was a cover version until mm. looking at this, and then listens to Neil Young, and I didn't like the Neil Young version at all. Oh uh, no! I love After the Gold Rush. I, that's uh, one of the album Neil Young songs. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, okay. I didn't like this. See, I guess it's because I've heard this version. one first. The Neil Young one sounded like a demo version, but it would because it's. It know, would. I mean, that's the problem when you've got one in your mind exactly, and you go back. That's the thing. Um, I, I had the feeling about this because I knew they'd done this and I'd heard it, you know, back in the day, but. When I went back and listened to it, I thought, oh, I like it. It's, you know, it has that baggy feel. It has that sort of post-action house. It's very much of its house. time, isn't it? Very much of its you time. Can, you you can, can hear the technology. Yeah, like. you hear it and you go, 1990. Yeah, of course yeah. it was 1990. And it's good. It's really interesting. But yeah. um, the new young thing is, I don't know, I think it's, uh, well, again, it's just what, what you're familiar with, I guess. Yeah. No, no, it's better, isn't it, Neil Young? <laughs> There's no such thing as better. <laughs> Hold on, uh, when this kind of never lasted. <laughs> Let's carry on doing that. That's uh, the correct response <laughs> But it's very of its time, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah. whole... And this was interesting, looking at, particularly, I'd say, the first video of Maura Lambert, where just when I saw her t shirt dress, I was like, oh, yeah. this is so 1990. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, she's got flowers on the front. Everyone needs. <laughs> Track number seven Big Audio Dynamite, Tighten Up, Volume 88. Big Audio Dynamite being the band that Mick Jones formed after the clash. Uh, Don Letts is in there, isn't he? Mm. I think Mick Jones is uh, underrated in the clash. You know, people are so obsessed with um, Joe Strummer that Mick Jones, people sort of act as if he's like the second uh, fiddle. I wouldn't have said <laughs> that at all. You don't think so? Well, I've... Like, cause the way people go on about Joe, well, that's because he's... Yeah, they do. They lionise him and, and, yeah. Like, people are even saying his redemption song cover is good, for not Clearly, it's <laughs> <that's good. laughs> No such thing as better, though. So. <laughs> but I think, uh, you know... But like Train in Vain, you know that one? Yeah, the yeah, last yeah. track on London Amazing. Calling is Amazing. superb, yeah. We did do uh, Guns of Brixton on the last uh, show, um, and that's a uh, Paul Simonon track. Yeah, um, he's good as well. He's done some interesting things. Yeah, he did the cover for the album mm. that this that this is on, which you knew. <laughs> well, <maybe laughs> a revelation there. And yeah, this is another song about Brixton, um, where Mick Jones grew up. Well, three of your five songs yeah yeah it has ended up a bit I did rush this a little I don't think it shows no but Brixton I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it now so people know but Brixton I think is the most cult, probably the most culturally yeah. rich area of South London um, the busiest you know the most thriving generally so that's probably why that you know I'm drawn to it I guess but yeah this is the third of the three yeah anywhere where you get sort of cultures clashing and people mixing you always get interesting results don't you Mm, it's just yeah I mean it's just so thriving Brixton I find yeah, I, go, I would go there much more now that I've moved to the area and uh, 
It's just it's just non-stop, isn't it? It's a hive. And that's the thing you get with this song, isn't it? He does sort of... Mm. It's, it's almost uh, sort of psychogeographical. Mm. He sort of talks about... There's a bit where he talks about, um, don't forget this was like Viking country at one point. Yeah. And like, yeah. Uh, yeah he's, and talking about the, the ethra flowing underneath and, you know, he really sort of taps into the Cold Harbour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of name drops in there with uh, Jeb Avenue, Marcus Garvey Way and stuff. But even the first line, he was like, uh, you know, he talks about a windmill mm. sitting in the middle of this place and you're like, he's like, you know, tapping into the idea of bricks and this farmland and just constantly this hive of activity. Mm. It, as you say, even now, now to today. Yeah, he uh, looks back on it fondly, doesn't he? I don't like the song, though. Really? Yeah, I don't really like Big Audio Dynamite very much, what I've heard. I didn't, like, I didn't love the song. It's I like early hip-hop without any rapping, isn't it, a bit? <laughs> no, but it's that very interesting point in music where... I mean, it, it was happening before that. Very wrong. It was late. No, no. <laughs> it's that post-punk thing where you had a genuine sort of black and white intermingling, and when there was still... It still meant something. It wasn't just this postmodern wash of... You can just do anything you want, and you know yeah. you can you can be vampire weekend, and you can make African sound music. You can sort of cherry pick whatever you want. At this point, it was there was an actual productive tension between black sources and white sources, and you get that with loads of post punk music. And this is a really good example. You have actual people trying to say, right, what's interesting about this? What's interesting about this? Let's see if we can put them together. Whereas now it's all a bit sort of a big soup, and it's all out there. But, but I think as a want. song, if you listen to what sort of yeah. is doing at the same sort of time. With, yeah, it's a lot better. I think. No, oh, there isn't better. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I enjoy it. To me, it, listening to it just uh, as a song, I thought it sounded like uh, a sort of weak talking head record. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I mean, always great. I mean, say like on, say like we were saying about Train in Vain. He's yeah. got kind of a fragile voice, doesn't he? And it can be beautiful at times, but it don't always work. A bit like, yeah. a bit like Paul Simonon on Guns yeah, and Bricks, yeah, yeah. he just about gets away with it. But on other tracks, he doesn't sound as good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I wouldn't stand behind this track above all those around like that. I, I thought it was interesting. You know. I, I liked it listening to it the first time. And most of the time, I realised I liked it because he was just talking about Brixton. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, was yeah. purely the lyrical thing. <laughs> and then musically, I was like, this is doing nothing for me. Yeah, but, you know. That's fair enough. Musically, I thought there was one thing uh, interesting that uh, echoed a previous episode. Uh, bass player, a big is Leo Williams, who is also known as Easy Kill. Which I don't know what it refers to. It's another sort of, uh, know, as in, uh, my sister is hearing his kills in Peckham. Oh, uh, <laughs> easy kills. Easy kills. <laughs> uh, What's he up to these days, Mick Jones? Mick Jones produces stuff, doesn't he? he well, he does. Libertines he did Libertines and, and Pete Doherty did some stuff. I mean, a couple. He did Baby Shambles, didn't he? But yeah. he didn't do that. The last Pete Doherty. Well, the second last Pete Doherty record was Stephen Street. Hmm. That was Baby Channel, Stephen Street, wasn't it? Or did uh, he do a solo album as well? Um, he, did, he did a solo Pete Docky record. They're doing new Baby Channel now with Stephen Street. Really? Yeah. Mm. I did see McJones live with uh, Rashid Taha about four years ago. Who's that? He's Algerian Rai singer, or AI. So it's sort of Algerian. It's sort of Algerian rock music, but it's, you know, they use an oud and stuff like that. McJones was there at the gig because I think he was responsible for sort of bringing him over. Oh, right. And Mick Jones got up and they did uh, what they, did, they did Rock the Casbah and a couple of other things. Nice. Good. Nice. And I saw John Strummer once in Glastonbury. Playing? Playing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Playing. Good? With Mescaleros? Yeah. It was cool, but you know, Glastonbury does a whole cult of Joe Strummer. People go crazy yeah. around because he sort of went there every year and. Yeah, mm. but uh, it was alright. 
<laughs> I'm not mad about Charles Strummer. I love um, the song that's in the John from Cincinnati yeah. uh, credits. Look, yeah. look there goes Johnny Appleseed. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's great. It's amazing credits, isn't it? Yeah. You know, HBO, man, they know how to mm. bang out a credit sequence. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah, song yeah. just great. Track eight, Pulp, 59 Lindhurst Grove, which is uh, in Cowboys, it's Neville Peckham. Cowboy Peckham Borders, yeah. Yeah, just off uh, sort of Peckham Road. Where uh, a young Louis Peckham went to primary school, isn't it? Lindhurst Primary School. Yeah, yeah. It's a B sign to Razmataz, and uh, I know people like Pulp, like you, Steve, so that's why I've mentioned it. I don't, I find it quite boring. I don't like this song, it's not a oh. song. No. Should we take it off? <laughs> no, it's, I like it. I, I don't like it as a song. But I like it because uh, it names a place in Peckham yeah. that I've walked past. <laughs> and I didn't know it existed until you mentioned it. So I was like, uh, oh, wow. But so it needs to be listened to as part of the, the trilogy, doesn't it? Because it's... Yeah, yeah, it's the Susan, the Susan trilogy. The yeah, Susan yeah. trilogy, yeah. Which I didn't know about until I heard this. But I mean, on, on our music video episode, we talked about Pulp and their mm. links with uh, Campbell and Peckham. Mm. They live just up the road. And uh, yeah, this song's a story of him going to an architect's house for a party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, Is this based on a real life? Yeah, yeah. Internet, Apparently, yeah. Japanese fans go to the house and go, Susan. Yeah. <laughs> she goes, "I'm happy. Leave me alone." <laughs> and he sent her a copy of the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Disappointing on the liner notes, it refers to it being somewhere on the outskirts of London. So too. Very much the inskirts, isn't it? Surely. Yeah, I mean, I think I was saying to you on the way up, it's that whole uh, social observation thing. It's like, let's write a story about some character and let's have a bird's eye view and be omniscient. And I don't know, I'm not convinced by it. Eleanor Rigby, great. This sort of stuff, not sure. Disco 2000, amazing. Common people, amazing. But Well, Blur had a sort of similar thing around the same Blur, time. Blur, yeah. You know, sort of doing these, these characters that were supposed to be yeah. sort of social... Uh, you know, Archetypes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's never quite no, convincing. Architect. <laughs> yeah. I'm never convinced, but I mean, sometimes it works. But this, I think, I just think they're they're people, they're writers who who don't have a voice of their own. So they think, okay, I'm going to write about these people, and that'll be an easy access to to meaty content. And it just doesn't really convince me. Like you know, all that blur stuff, charmless man. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? And charmless man. And it, yeah. It, Pulp and Blur, I think it's their weakest stuff. Yeah, it is. Sort of I like... think so, yeah. Although, I don't know, you can make an argument about uh, common people as well being like that, and that's brilliant. Yeah, exactly what But it common is, people... Yeah. And the same with Disco 2000. Yeah, but common people doesn't watch narrate... it on the wall do you know what I mean that's it's great though. it is great it's yeah great. but it's a similar sort of thing maybe it's not the actual banality uh, of well, no, uh, life maneuver, you can do of... good ones but generally you can do good ones. but common people isn't about What's it is about something, but it's about a larger larger well. yeah rather than this is about a bloke that annoyed him at a party that's not enough to write a song about is no. it well, whereas sort of the idea of yeah but remember it, in those days Steve people had to bang out like three B-sides with every single <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's a different world <laughs> Yeah, there's not really much conviction in this. I guess if it no. was, there was a bit more meat to it. It's just sort of like, yeah, it's a B side for a reason. Yeah. You know, as I say, I uh, was fascinated by it just because, uh, you know, this place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, getting a, a name check, but you know, as a song, uh, might be my tenth favorite. Yeah. Of, uh, the hmm. I like to think, Steve, I've gifted you the Kinks, Lambda Hill. That's something you'll play for the rest of your life now, probably, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And in, in exchange, I think track nine, this heat, uh, twenty-four track loop, 
1978. I think you gifted me that back. I thought it was great. Really like knocked my socks off, man. Yeah, this is my favourite out of the list, I think. Um, I've yeah, it might be mine as well. Actually. I like them. I mean, apart from when would I be famous, of course. <laughs> but go on, you were gonna. Well, for for me, it'd be this or uh, probably this or pass out. But this is uh, just an exceptional piece of music. It is. Isn't it? it stands outside pop time in the side of, same way that Tomorrow Never Knows does. Yeah, yeah. It's got that, that very mm-hmm. similar sort of proto yeah, sort of Chemical Brothers drum yeah. loop, and also, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. But this, I mean, this whole moment in pop history when you have punk, punk colliding with post-punk, uh, yeah. colliding with African music, colliding yeah. with dub, colliding with sort of noise, colliding with no wave, and this heat, they're so interesting because they, they really do. I was looking at the Wikipedia page and it says this, but I was actually thinking before. They do bridge the sort of ambition of prog rock and then the sort of abrasiveness of punk and yeah, post-punk. That's the exact sentence. <laughs> no, it's not. Mine could have better. I could have better. No, but it is. It's 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 soon as you it's soon as you know this. It's it has that prog thing, but they channel it directly into what became Cabaret Voltaire and later on Throbbing Gristle, yeah, yeah, all those yeah. and then the pop group in the eighties. It's this white people doing dub yeah. in a really messy, grungy, scrumpy way, sort of thing, and doing it. You know, sort of the techniques are similar, where it's limited. You know, you don't have. They're recording this exactly, in uh, yeah, a yeah, cold yeah. storage room yeah. in uh, uh, Brixton, like a converted studio that's been like put together in a ramshackle fashion. Yeah. They're not doing it in like uh, you know, uh, you know, the song's called uh, Twenty Four Track Loop. But, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's all. They, that's all they've got. That's what they that's can do. They got, yeah. You know, they're playing with. Uh, and uh, but that's what's interesting as well. And this is a huge thing, I think, for me and my enjoyment of uh, sort of post-punk new wave stuff. And it is expanding upon limitations, isn't it? They're, yeah. They're, they're sort of like... It's an aesthetics of failure. Yeah. They're sort of going, we can make noise, but can we make something with the noise? And that's what they try and do. And I just think, um, yeah, the fact that uh, this was sort of recorded in Campbell and Brixton mm. uh, makes me so happy. Amazing. <laughs> I'd never heard of them. Um, and it seems a real gap in my... They're not. They're not. They're not commercially well known. No, but uh, why are they not better known in you know? Why well, they're really well known in, in the oh. stuff I, the stuff I do with PhD on. You know, they'd be sort of luminaries and that type of thing. Underground music. And they'd be really better the wire a lot. You can you know? see exactly. You can yeah. see where they would have been uh, compost, wouldn't they, for what is to come in the eighties? Absolutely. Yeah. Sort of uh, experimental yeah. post-punk music. Absolutely. Well, it doesn't sound like 1978 <laughs> at all, does it? No. You would never, like, no. if, having not heard it, I would never put it there. I mean, you mentioned no. the Chemical Brothers. Yeah. The kind of big beat thing. Yeah, yeah there is there is pre-echoes of that. Yeah, and, the, like, it's just, like, I mean, not so much the first half of the song, or the first minute or so. Yeah, yeah, it's when the drums on, kick in. Yeah, it's like, it could be the Prodigy, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, one of the comments on the YouTube thing was, was, was talking about the Prodigy. Yeah, it was interesting. But um, and a lot of their other tracks uh, are really interesting as well. They don't quite have the pulverizing aspect, but they're just so sonically rich. Like on, yeah. on the, and they made it down to two albums really. Um, so they're both worth checking out if anyone's interested. They're incredible. And when you listen to it, you know my thing. Listen to it. Is, how have they done that? Yeah. What is that that they've you know? Because it's not you know you have uh, synthesizers at the time. Well, only very not, rudimentary or expensive exactly, ones. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Not. Not to, not the sort of thing. You have. No, I mean nowadays, essentially, with the technology available, you can make any noise you want, and you can do anything you Easily, want. Yeah. You can, you know, my friend uh, is a producer, and he was showing me before. Um, basically, like you get the sound wave on a screen, mm-hmm. you can sculpt it. Oh you yeah, audio of, sculpt. Can, yeah, you just yeah. change the shape of a sound, and yeah. you play it again. And I was like blown away by this. And it, but it just sort of goes, you can do anything. 
So, but all that make, means to me is it's not easier because you've still got to know how to do it. It's not easier. It's not easier. But, no. It's amazing. It's incredibly rich sort of scene in British music around this time, like Cabaret Voltaire, Throbbing Gristle. And then but the you, more... It's, it's interesting, you don't think of South London as being a place where this happens. You know, no, it's not, you don't. It, it's not what, you know, well, I, you would. Yeah. Uh, when I say it's not written in the histories, the histories you read it would be. Yeah. But as Jack said, when you, when you read about punk and post-punk and bridging kraut rock and, mm. you know, uh, industrial rock and whatnot, th- these guys... Uh, if they're a footnote, the, the you know they're barely there. Sort of well, there's a whole secret history of music that that, that rarely gets told. But and some of the stuff I'd write about, I was gonna maybe bring up. I can bring up now. But the, there is a, there is a fair few set on the musicians that are broadly within this sort of spectrum of stuff. Ramla, so they're a noise. Ramla R A M L E H, and the guy Gary Mundy. He had a label called Broken Flag. They're really really at the forefront of the noise scene, oh. um, and he's from South London. Um, Crass, they're, Crass, they're yeah, obviously yeah. yeah. One of them, one of their members is from South London. Really? Oh, really? I didn't know. Yeah, that. Penny Rimba, he's from I don't know where exactly, but I checked oh, okay. it's South South West London, I think somewhere. Oh, right. Well, I've heard yeah. they're American for some reason. Crass, no, 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 no. no Crass, oh, right. yeah. yeah. No, yeah, and uh, do you know about the? Oh, I'm sure you do. Uh, if it's South London, it's a legitimate tell story about their debut single, where yeah. they uh, they tricked a girls' magazine to print a, a flexi disc. Um, and they, they sort of uh, got in touch you know uh, it's what's the time to be 82 uh, late 70s I think wasn't it oh, okay. yeah, possibly 79, 80 okay. I don't know exactly I'm thinking of the, 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 the peak of uh, Flexidus on the front of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you, you know with the magazine you'd get uh, a record and Crash somehow convinced this girls magazine to let them put a record on it's something to do with marriage or wedding yeah. And it's just them making a noise track uh, about <laughs> the horrors of married life. And this, uh, you know, magazine prints up thousands of places. And then someone listens to it and goes, get that off. <laughs> Insurrection. Yeah. Revolution. <laughs> that classic, right? Yeah, classic, right. But this heat, no, it's great. I was delighted to see it on the playlist there because it's a whole other side to London music, I think. It's important to address. And do check out the, other, the rest of their stuff because it's amazing. Oh, I certainly will. Yeah. Well, there's a box it's there. fairly extreme, some of it, but uh... yeah, some of it is uh, pure noise and hard to listen to. But even that, I find interesting in terms of. Well, it's know, fairly it's tame for industry. noise, but it's yeah, yeah, no, you're right, yeah. <laughs> but you know, yeah, it's really good. So our playlist finishes uh, with track ten, "The Red Flag" by Jim Connell. Yeah, I chose this um, mainly because because Stephen was coming. <laughs> do you know about my political beliefs <laughs> oh you mean because I'm Irish I'm sorry, yeah. I also like the idea I am also of... a Marxist <laughs> who isn't who isn't yeah. um, I like the idea of uh, and I, I think in the last playlist I chose uh, Lambeth Walk you uh, did just because I like us trying to get as wide a span as possible mm. so like yeah. from this to Tiny ten. I, I only picked Brixton reggae stuff. <laughs> well, from the red flag Scandal up to in a Brixton. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, apologies. Please cut that out. The <laughs> <laughs> um, with um, with uh, red, from the red flag up to pass out, we're bridging you know three mm. centuries yeah. of, of recorded music, yeah. which I think is uh, a brilliant thing to be able to mm. do and sort of examine. The history of uh, South London. I mean, obviously, we clump it around the middle in the seventies, eighties. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I'm also. I mean, we've talked about the red flag on the show. We talked about yeah. it. It appears erroneously on the new cross episode because he lived in Arnaroke. Yeah, you brought it up erroneously. I did. I did. <laughs> I used the royal wig because I like to get Jack. I like to get Jack involved in my mistakes. <laughs> but um, I think we can re-examine the song. And uh, I mean, you know, to give an overview, it's essentially with the social sample. I was going to say a yeah. social sample, and um, it sings about the red flag which is red because it's been soaked in the blood of martyrs and it talks about the struggle of workers and Jim Connell wrote it on his way back from uh, a socialist meeting. Yeah, I like this bit of the story. Yeah, and gets on the train at at Charing Cross and has an idea to write a song about uh, the struggle of socialism. Mm. Um, And, you know, we'll we'll never know, but I'd like to imagine him starting in Centre of London by the seat of power and then moving across South London. Mm. And as he crosses the bridge, seeing, you know, as we talked about on the South Bank show uh, that we did, the, the, the industry that dominates and is like poisoning this river and imagining mm. the people that are stuck in these factories and doing back-breaking work. And then moving across South London, and as he moves away from the seat of power and where, you know, government sits and the, the monarchy sits and the upper classes live, and he's travelling across South London seeing the houses getting smaller mm. and the area's becoming grubbier because no one's spending any money to clean these places up. No one's going to, you know, uh, help these people out. And him becoming more and more fervent and more and more passionate mm. and just sort of, like, just channeling that anger and that resentment into this song. That is a really interesting off. interpretation. If I, if I had that in an essay from a student, I'd give it a really good mark, but I'd say, can you prove it? <laughs> <laughs> and I'd say no, but I'll take a good mark. Isn't it pretty to <laughs> think so, expect yeah. it to be proven? No, it's the kind of thing you can't really prove, but if you're no, going exactly, to yeah. interpret something in a, in a certain framework, you're going to have to have some evidence. Yeah. And yeah. actually, you know... That's why I would, I, I would preface that by saying I have no idea. But that's no, a really, really nice weapon. interpretation of that. Yeah. I like that. I, 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 and that's the thing. That's why, although, you know, Jim Connell's Irish, yeah. and, uh, you know, he was in Central when he came up with, or possibly came up with the idea of it, but I just like the idea of it being a song that's written as he travels across mm. South London, and sort of South London being what we've talked about on the show before as this mirror to the city and a mirror to the centre where the power and the wealth is located and the further mm. out you get and finally gets off at Honor Oak and he's miles away from where he started but suddenly in his mind he's got this hymn to mm. hit workers. I've, got, I've written a hit. <laughs> it's, <laughs> a, it's a banger, he never said. <laughs> Jeremy is sort of narrating the song to the creator. Yeah. I like that. And it is uh, a brilliant song. I mean, yeah, it's effective. in the first line, when you, when you sort of go... Uh, you know, uh, the people's red, uh, the people's uh, flag is these red. Mm. Uh, so both from our martyr dead. Mm. You're like, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm on board. This is. You know. And there's been some great parodies of it, of course. Yeah, pink the people's flag is uh, paid as pink. Yeah. My mum washed it in the kitchen sink. <laughs> and, you know, and it's interesting how, you know, with. Uh, what do you call it? The appropriate, no, appropriation, the redirection mm. of the Labour Party under Blair where, you know, they uh, abolished Clause 4 mm. but kept the red flag. You know, you What's know, Clause 4? Clause 4 was the, the rule that linked Labour to uh, the trade unions. Oh, okay. Sort of made explicit Labour's link to uh, I thought it, the unions. I mean, it's still, you still vote for Labour. I mean, if you're a member of a trade union, you're still essentially a Labour member. Though, you are, you? yeah. But Labour, to make... I mean, essentially, Clause 4 was 
a rule that in government Labour would favour mm. the unions and Blair. Oh, I see. Blair, wasn't Blair, the case. Yeah, exactly. Blair. Blair was like, we're not going to get elected. People are going to think we're going to come in and hand over power to the unions. So he made a public uh, oh, issue okay. of, of yeah. abolishing clause four, so that it's and it works. It works. You know, mm. they got Middle England on boards. You know, they they did what they. But you know, there was a lot of resentment amongst socialists for that. Mm. So uh, you got um, versions of the red flag that came out where yeah. people were like. You know the the you know that flag is now palest pink. Uh, it doesn't mean what you might think. Yeah. Um, and there's a great version where the last couple of lines is, um, uh, and so you think we'll still sincere. We'll sing the red flag every year. And it's and I like the idea of they sing it at Labour conferences. Is that right? That's in Labour still sing the, yeah. the red flag. But as I say, I like the idea of socialists reappropriating. Yeah. Connell's protest song again it's still a protest yeah. song but we're going to protest about the Labour Party using this song so yeah if you go to southlondonhardcore.com you can listen to that playlist uh, we'll go to our Twitter page SLHC or facebook.com slash southlondonhardcore I guess even if you want to send us an email southlondonhardcore at gmail.com <laughs> so yeah thanks for coming all the way to Annalee Stephen oh no worries I'm happy <laughs> to be here and I, I want to suggest a theme for one episode yeah Irish immigrants in London because you could talk a lot about that. I know you have done. a lot about that, yeah. Because me and Isabel could be on and we could talk about our experience. Yeah, I'd like to hear from Isabel. I'm yeah. Sure. yeah we'll also uh, be outnumbering this guy as well, wouldn't it? What, Mac? How are you, how are you guys? <laughs> also, Jamaica, Jamaicans and Irish have a, have a sort of natural connection. Don't know what yeah, the language is... Uh, the accent's very similar, isn't it? Tink well, that's what Lakeisha said that time. Like, <laughs> I, I'd never heard it before, but I've since heard it a couple of times. And I was just reading up on Dan Letts last night, and he was going on about bringing John Lloyd and Johnny Ratton to Jamaica, and they mm. loved him, and he was like, oh, Irish and Jamaicans, yeah. some natural thing. And I was yeah, it's strange. My granddad uh, just always... Not always, but spent loads of time drinking in uh, Jamaican pubs. In really? Yeah. Uh, what is it? Guinness is big with in the Jamaican uh, yeah. community. As yeah, well. and weed is big with me. So. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, is a doctor, so it's fine. Self-prescribed. <laughs> Can you write prescriptions <laughs> for myself? Yeah. Go he to was, Brixton. He prescribes. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll say three K- KB tracks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You don't feel any different in the morning. Come yeah. back and see me. And uh, pass the Dutch on the left hand side. <laughs> <laughs> oh.